Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying extremely high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 163. SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. We don't have time for all the fancy introductions because the Eagles have won. Shut up, Ben. The Eagles How dare you? Won. My ego is more important. <laughs> Then the Eagles being the Cowboys. That's not true, actually. Mr. Nine-Year Streak without a bad day here with me. Michael Kiss joined by Benjamin Solak to talk about this Eagles win over the Cowboys. That could mean as long as the Eagles take care of business next week. But man, this was a great Carson game with very little flaws. A fantastic Doug Peterson game. Did you just call him Doug Peterson? I'm, mate, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. There's so no I way made. of knowing. Sidney Jones proving the haters wrong yet again. Listen. I understand that conceptually the world is not ready for a closer to transition from baseball into football. (laughs) But the Eagles, on the cutting edge, on the cusp of analytics, Michael, acknowledging and recognizing that you know what you really need in key late game situations is a freezing cold, undersized, off injured, <laughs> underwhelming corner. That's just what the do- Oh yeah, yeah. No, come pick on Sidney Jones. You've been fooled. You've been had. We wanted you to do it the whole time. Just amazing. The foresight. Jim Schwartz, as I've often said, creative genius on the defensive back end. Two huge plays by Sidney Jones, one against the Giants, one in this game when he was asked to come in cold. This time on fourth down, the only Eagles cornerback this century to get a pass breakup on a nine ball. So fantastic for Sidney. Big Dallas Goddard game. Fantastic game from Miles Sanders. Just a ton of different awesome performances this one as guys continue to drop like flies throughout the game. An extremely decimated Eagles squad. Holy crap. What a game. Ben, you, right. I mean, just your immediate thoughts. It's absurd that we should be looking at a 17-9 to 9 football game, and the first thing we want to talk about is the offense. You only scored 17 points. <laughs> right. That's not very good. Nine points is a suffocating uh, uh, endeavor by the defense, and I'm sure we'll get to it. But, I mean, for me, firstly, they came out in, in sets I have not seen them use consistently before. I, I posted a, a bit about it on Twitter. I can't wait to go back and watch it. I don't know why they liked him, but I guess if I go back in old Dallas film, I'll probably be able to find out why they liked him. Hmm. But great production out of two tight end sets. Again, for another week, five yard or less, five air yard or less targets to tight ends and running backs walking down the field. And it doesn't happen every drive. And they have three and outs and they have drives that stall because there's a reason why offenses don't try to do that you know what i mean that's that's not a winning formula but they eke out enough from that to get you know that one explosive reception from greg ward puts them in scoring range that right. one explosive reception from jj ortega whiteside mm. puts them in scoring range as an aside two receptions for jj ortega whiteside on the first drive i was so ready for the jj game <laughs> and he just vanished right i could not i have no idea <laughs> but anyway they their base offense is 
swings and screens and sit routes four yards behind the line of scrimmage. And the fact that that is enough for them to get third downs that they convert and, and to open up the running game just enough. And, and they have good enough players in space out of the backfield, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, that they're able to get enough offense out of this. 17 points, but two missed field goals. Good drives, good offensive output, over 360 yards of offense. If memory serves, Carson Wentz ends the day over 75% completion rate, about nine yards per attempt, or 8.5 yards per attempt. One of his better days, one of his better downfield days. The fact that they're scraping together the rubbish pile, the Saints practice squatters and Washington practice squatter and 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 Josh Perkins, yeah, and we're getting something out of this, and it's not all good and it's not all rosy and like you know they they're not going to be able to win a shootout, but it's enough to beat three teams in your division in must win games to get to the playoffs i mean it's i think it's 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 commendable it's really like it deserves it's laud worthy what doug peterson be able to do and like you and i both believe the offensive coordinator needs to be fired at the end of the season he doesn't even have the help he's supposed to have so yeah. it's real i'm just overwhelmed um with with the fact that they're able to put together some decently long decent scoring drives it's not pretty it's not perfect it's not high scoring but it's so much better than you would expect for a team starting a bunch of guys that your average NFL fan couldn't pull out of a hat. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the the drive to go up 17 to 6, 10 plays, 80 yards to go up there. And they had a ton of different things that that they did. I mean, they used the the hurry up. They were in no huddle. You know, they were they were getting to the line quick. And then, you know, you had that the post wheel out of spread. You tweeted this out talking about how good this uh, good a drive this was from Doug. You had the swing and screen concepts when when Dallas wanted to load the box. You had a you had a Carson. I knew you were gonna love this. The Carson Wentz read option. He kept two of them today because you have to you have to make the defense respect it at least just a little bit. And it worked for him and it opens things up for you that way. And then I don't know what Dallas was doing on the punch in by Miles Sanders on that touchdown. Like the the whole the playside a gap was left wide open on that. As touchdown I've always run. and often said. <laughs> bubbles on the one yard line is a yeah. winning formula. So Dallas refuses to sack the box in the, in the most obvious situation as the Eagles do the right thing and spread it out. And they get a very advantageous box in that situation. I mean, Carson, Wentz, let's, let's go back to, to Carson Wentz for a second. We'll kind of recalibrate and talk through the game here because holy crap, man, 31 for 40, 319, one touchdown. He did have the one fumble that he himself recovered, but I think that fumble stays within his sphere of influence because he was a two-handed monster. Sometimes the ball's going to come out. He's able to recover that one. So really a, a pretty, not I don't want to say flawless game because there was the fumble and there was the there was the missed throw, one missed throw that you can really point out towards the end of the game that was going to have people freaking out. We'd be talking about it all week if the Eagles didn't pull out this game. But overall, Carson Wentz, from the beginning, the dude was on fire. The first two drives, he was, what, 9 for 11, 107 yards, a touchdown, and a 137.5 quarterback rating. We anticipated possibly a bad Carson Wentz game, right. and, the, and the caveat I put on that was the fact that we thought the Eagles were going to go down early because they were the 26th-ranked first-half defense in the NFL. Dallas is known to be somewhat of a fast starter. However, 
Not the case. The Eagles jump out early, and that was the confidence, those first two drives that Carson Wentz needed to kind of hold serve for the rest of the game. I thought he was excellent in a huge game for him. I don't care if you call it the biggest game of his career because next week is going to be the biggest game of his career because that's what seals the playoffs for the Eagles. Remember, they have to beat the Giants because if they don't, unless the Cowboys lose to Washington, then they are out. So they have to win next week. But a and, big, and this, big game. And this is why we've now officially arrived at why losing to the Dolphins was freaking pointless. Right. We've now, like, there were many timelines in which you were going to look at that and be like, all right, fine, what the frick ever. Now, <laughs> officially, screw you guys for losing to Ryan Fitzpatrick again. Come on. Yeah. You know how, how much help being able to rest your starters in week 17 would be for this team for right this now? This team. Wow. <laughs> oh, why couldn't you just beat the Dolphins? <laughs> Which could catch the ball against the Falcons, catch the ball against the Lions. Yeah. One more win. So frustrating. <sighs> but, but here we are. I mean, we got we got to get another n- number d- right. another W next week. Three wins against divisional opponents. Difficult to do, even when the division is bad. The division For sure. Is bad, difficult to do. All three of the must winners. Two of them, you were down. You know, and the Cowboys were able to control the game, like you said. New new experience watching an Eagles game where they were not losing at any given time. It was thrilling. Right. Um. I've actually found it really funny with all the discourse about, like, the Cowboys get, you know, too quickly away from the running game when they're down. <laughs> Eagles led the whole game. Yeah. Carson Wentz, 40 passing attempts. Prescott had, like, 30-something. Yeah. No, Prescott had 44. But up to yeah, the last drive, when she attempted, like, 12 passes or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Eagles were significantly outpacing them in terms of pass-to-run ratio. Yep. With a lead. Not a By the way. Anyway. Third straight, third straight game for Carson winning with 40-plus straight attempts. I remember that being a talking point at the time where people said, Doug's got to know, and I'm, I'm calling out Joe Giglio here, and I love Joe. I love him. We're a fan of Joe on the pod. Yeah, I mean, he's been on the pod before. Love him. What a horrible take. What a stupid, arbitrary number to select your stats at. You, <laughs> you idiot, Joe. Joe. No, love you, Joe, but it's a bad take. Ben, go right. ahead. Right, uh, okay, let's talk about Carson. We talk about Peterson. For the second week in a row... I thought that Carson did such a good job taking the checkdowns, taking what was there for you. Cannot yes. go broke, taking a profit. I thought that was big. One sack, like you said, the one fumble uh, 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 on the, the the Robert Quinn, which was a really good rush against Jason Peters. Had two hands on it. You know, right. it's going to happen. Sometimes defense makes good plays. He should have stepped up more. He could have stepped yeah. up more. We cannot reasonably be expecting him to step up more than that. He doesn't do that anymore. It's fine. But he never does. Yeah. Right. With his legs... Once again, Carson was significantly successful. Six rushes for 22 yards, which the two designed zone reruns both went for like five, six yards, which is a great first down play. Carson made guys miss on both of them too as well. Like he like, you know, made the first guy miss, dove for positive yardage. Carson's not quick, but he's big and he's explosive. Like he like gets to top speed, quote unquote, relatively fast. Like he doesn't seem like a lumbering dude. Like he he gets moving. And he gets up field and he gets vertical and it's an easy positive play. Keeps the defense honest. You know, you watch plays like they, they ran the Boston Scott jet sweep touch pass twice, right? You run that that play the first time, you end up losing two yards. You run it the next time, you, you pick up five yards. It's not always going to be the most productive play. But what it does in terms of stretching out the defense horizontally allows you to better execute stuff. Like, for example, um, they had that big 
uh, screenplay to, to Miles Sanders, where like Sean Lee, you know, he's getting his head twisting, he was turning around, anything like that. When you give your those teams all those horizontal stretches, you know, Sean Lee over pursues towards the run action. Now he's got to bail back into his 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 zone, so he turns his head, he's sprinting downfield. Well, guess what? It's coming right up the gut behind you. It's a Miles Sanders screenplay. These are what these plays do to you. You know, like Carson keeps on on zone read two times, and then all of a sudden, on a second down, trying to salt the game away, four-minute offense, the Eagles go play action. Carson looks like he has the ability to run the football, and it's a little dump-off pass to Dallas Goddard. So you've established the threat of the quarterback run, and this matters because it, it, it puts defenders in conflict because they fear it more so than just the hypothetical of it happening, even if it hasn't happened during the game. So there's that. They also, in the opening script, did a ton of work getting him outside of the pocket designed. We had boots, and like the first pass of the game, the Ginger Thicke Whiteside pass, was boot, but they pulled Sam Allen. We ain't going naked anymore. Ryan Anderson yeah. nearly took my dude's head off. <laughs> we are bringing a blocker. And they did so. They bring Sam Mala with us. Now you have a personal protector. Carson sits in the half roll. He didn't all the way roll out the half roll, so he resets the pocket, sets his feet, puts an absolute dime piece on our thing of Whiteside 20 yards down the field in the middle of the field against great coverage. So, like, the, you know, the moving the set point and getting Carson involved in the running game, this adds color and diversity to an offense that so desperately needs it because all it can run is snag because Robert Davis has taken 40 snaps, right? <laughs> right. So this is your limitation. It's why you've got to squeeze everything else you have at your disposal for all that it's worth. And this is where you get plays like Miles Sanders who rushed for 80 yards and, and, and received for 77 yards and had the touchdown and could have had a second touchdown, sat down. I've never been so proud of Miles Sanders in my freaking life. What a veteran move. If you had told me in week two that in week 16, Miles Sanders was going to sit down on a potential game-winning touchdown, I would like, never, never, ever, ever. It's not going to happen. So, so proud of Sanders for that. That's always the good play. I don't care if it's screwed junior fantasy football. Whatever. Can we talk about Dallas Goddard? Career highs for catches, nine. Career highs for yards, 91. What if he's actually good like we've been saying? What? Here's a question for you. What if he's had a picture of Jeff Heath? The revenge game. Like in grayscale. Right, he's right. just a headshot on the back of his closet door with like dart holes in it. Yeah. He was like, I will catch a 17-yard fade ball, you know, slot fade, back shoulder ball against you in revenge for what was the most ridiculous penalty of all time. How about the six-yard touchdown, Wentz throws it into a sea of Cowboys defenders, puts it the only place it can go at the beginning of the game. That was gorgeous. What a gorgeous, gutsy throw from Wentz, who you can, you know, Wentz has been indecisive and untrustworthy of some receivers during certain points of the year. When you get down to the red zone, Wentz is firing that sucker in there, and that's exactly what he did. So great game from Goddard. We've already given the compliments to Miles Sanders. I thought he had an up and down game, but the ups were really, really good, and he's coming along nicely. Uh, the the line, I mean, Vitae stood out on the one where he got beat by Tank. I think we all expected that. Other than that, pretty solid game. Greg Ward doing his thing, solid again. You know that's that's what it's what the Eagles needed was a guy that could just be competent and contribute. And then again, Doug. I mean, coming coming back to Doug yet again, uh, just a masterful game. And I'm sorry if I cut you off before you you no, you okay. finish your well, point what there. We, what we need to talk about with Doug is two long field goal attempts. Yeah. What we need to be able to talk about with Doug is you know third and one, fourth and one empty sets. Right, because right. we had some things in terms of what was expected from Peterson in terms of like you know like Aikman's like you know I feel like he like might go for this on fourth and four in the opening drive, and then he kicks a field goal. You know what I mean? Like this was not Big Ball's Doug game. This was not a super aggressive uh, uh, Doug game. You know what I mean? Um, this was 
Like if we if we if we take these decisions individually, I don't really hate any of them. Mm. The third and one, fourth and one sequence, which I believe is the Eagles' third drive, pulling up the play by play right now, yep. was a weird one where the Eagles come out. Uh, it was their it was his fourth their fourth drive, excuse me. On a third and one, the Eagles come out spread. They've got Miles Sanders on the field. Excuse me. They come out in the spread. They've got Miles Sanders on the field. They've got Boston Scott on the field. I'm pretty sure. They come out in the spread and they try to hit. Uh, uh, a quick pass to Greg Ward. It's incomplete. They take a timeout to talk about the decision. They elect to go for it on fourth down. They come out once again and spread no huddle. Um, incomplete pass to Josh Perkins, who's running what would have been a Zacherts route. And they also had a third and 10 on the ensuing drive that was incomplete to Josh Perkins, running what once again would have been the Zacherts route. And because it was their game plan, the Cowboys had Byron Jones tracking Josh Perkins on third down, which was objectively hilarious, right? Like Josh Perkins goes in motion and Byron Jones follows him across the formation. You're like, really? (laughs) I mean, like, I get it, but like, come on. Yeah. Anyway, the fourth one is weird for me because and I brought this up on Twitter. Carson checked the play, so I don't know what the play was on fourth and one but clearly Carson had the choice of, of two plays and he elected to go to the second one he elected to target Josh Perkins and he threw in an accurate ball so I put a good bit of that on Carson if they didn't have a good look for the first play though you got to get into the second one why were none of them a sneak I don't know but sneaks have you know been very very effective and then the Giants were able to stop one maybe the Cowboys were able to stop one in shotgun you don't really have the back that's going to come or an empty you don't have the back that's going to come and push you up but in shotgun you can you know scurry on up to under center take the quick snap and like you know just try to win your three guys against their best three guys there in the area yeah. I'm always like you know the the Eagles should sneak on every third and one on every yeah. fourth and one I don't care mm-hmm. they didn't and they don't and that is objectively bad hey can we talk about the on the flip side though being aggressive on second down when you yeah, have the cool. ones whew, and you call a rollout pass and get them on the move. And at first I thought, I thought Wentz was going to chuck it up for, uh, for Ertz because he was coming on the corner. I didn't see where the other coverage was at. Able to get it to Goddard. Goddard gets the first down. Ballsy call because what you'll see a lot is you'll see run, run pass in that situation. Doug was like, we know we're probably going to have to pass at some point and went for it on second down. So I really like that from Doug. So again, we can nitpick about these third and one calls, these fourth and one calls, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, when you look at the whole of this game from Doug Peterson, I thought it was exactly what you needed. And Doug's not at fault for Jake Elliott, Ben, missing two field goals. He's not Jake Elliott was one for, for one. What are you talking about? <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to dissect the map only one on field that. Goal. And you hit it. And we're going to talk about the defense and how lucky they were. That's coming up next here on the Kist and Solak Show. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com. Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now, with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. 
how are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back here on BGN, the Kisten Solak Show, episode 163. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. SB Nation, Bleedy Green Nation, bringing it to you. Ben, we got to talk about the defense. It really, And we got to talk about Dak, too. Number one, Dak definitely did not look 100% to me. Number two, he was able oh, yeah. to do enough to be somewhat dangerous. So he was kind of in the middle of like, okay, is he 100%? Is he 90%? Is he 80%? I would say he's about 80%. And you could tell that he was struggling to push the ball down the field with some accuracy. I mean, that didn't matter to Ronald Darby who literally had to move out of the way for the ball to to give up one to Michael Gallup. But at the same time, you could tell that Dak was struggling a little bit. And you could tell that this Eagles defense got, got very lucky. No, in the first drive on third down, they blew two coverages in one play and Dak just missed the read, right? And then later on in the game, Dak has a guy wide open, overthrows him, has another guy open, and there's a drop. This Eagles defense... As, as you know, the scoreboard's going to say nine points, but there is a lot of context to go into this one. At the same time, they get a stop when uh, when they need to. So a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Doesn't matter because the Eagles win. Still concerned about the group overall. But Ben, what did you think about the uh, the defensive performance, Dak and, and all that, what the Cowboys were doing offensively? Right. So I thought the Cowboys were going to win. You thought the Cowboys were going to win. Absolutely. I thought the Cowboys were going to score... 30 if Dak played. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dak played, but that man is not right. Right. And, like, very simply, like... And Amari, listen, too. Fox credited the Cowboys receivers with six drops. And, like, I can't remember all of them exactly, but, like, they dropped some high-impact passes. Yep. All, all that's on them. Yep. But Prescott was weak in velocity. He mm-hmm. was poor in downfield accuracy, and he was super check down heavy. Third and 12, he's checking down. And like, mm-hmm. if the Eagles got him in coverage, Eagles got him in coverage. We'll look back and we'll watch it. And we'll we'll react and and adjust uh, or correct ourselves accordingly. But to me, it, it was pretty clear that that Prescott was not at eighty percent. It was a limited quarterback out there. Now quarterbacks can be limited late in the season because you get beat up during the season. You know, so this is not like you know like like a huge crazy thing. But Prescott's generally been an Iron Man for his career. This is yeah. the first time he's ever been limited on a practice report, and now all of a sudden here he is playing a poor game uh, uh, against the Eagles. That, to me, was the biggest part of the Eagles' past defense being successful. Nine points to the Cowboys felt a lot like 13 points to the Bills. You're playing a bad quarterback. Bad quarterback struggles and, and you know, hit missing open receivers. Amari Cooper wide open against invert two. You know, uh, you know, even like the, 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 yeah, the Ronald Darby catch you talked about where he like physically got out of the way of the football. You know, like an invert two look, an open receiver should have been six. He missed two touchdowns, one to Randall Cobb, one to Tavon Austin on the game, yeah. potential game-tying drive, where uh, inaccurate nine balls, too far down the field, missed him. And Prescott doesn't miss 
those throws that frequently. Misses them occasionally because he's a quarterback and sometimes they do. But he was he, he was bad and, and you can directly correlate it to his first health issues of his young career. That being said, what happened good from a coverage perspective? The Eagles, you know, they were neg- they they fell back on, we're going to play in cover three, we're going to step up, rally, and tackle for most of the game. They barely, barely blitzed. And I was very happy to see that. I was very, very happy to see that. Because the and the last drive, as people said, like, you know, like, oh, the pass rush has fallen away a little bit. Yeah, like that last drive, Cowboys offensive line put together a good reps. Eagles defense line put together some bad reps. They moved it down the field. And then you got the, the Vinnie Curry sack, which ended up making second four into third and eight into fourth and eight into a win. That's what a pass rush can do for you. But generally speaking, the rush was very successful with four. You know, Prescott, even on those plays in which Prescott was having time, he was checking down frequently, like I said. So best to just sit in, sit in cover three, protect your corners deep. Do not expose them to being up at the line of scrimmage. That's how you give up big explosive plays. You know what I mean? And like, that's, there was, there was some very similar scary reps to the Giants game, like the third down that you talked about where Randall Cobb on a wheel release out of a bunch formation was wide open streaking down the numbers. Prescott doesn't see him, doesn't hit him. Alexis Tate Cooper on the crosser, it doesn't hit him. It's a bad throw. That's, I mean, th- these are common issues with the Eagles secondary. They do not go away. Um, but sometimes quarterbacks aren't able to hit them, whether it's the pass rush dominating, whether it's the injury of the quarterback, whether it's just a bad quarterback. And those are the games in which the Eagles offense is successful or the defense is successful because it's really hard to run the football down the field on them. And then when they sit in cover three, it's hard to nickel and dime them because they're able to, to step up rally and tackle. So that's what it looked like from an X's and O's perspective to me. Invert cover two blue like three times, which is <laughs> just par for the course. It's what's going to hey. happen. There was actually a really like what when you're watching the game is like a nondescript average play, but it was a really important play where Marcus Epps, they were in an invert two and Epps came down to be the eighth defender in the box out of invert two. He was the deep safety, and he stepped up. He met Ezekiel Elliott in the hole. Elliott made a miss, and Elliott picked up nine. That's the whole, like, like invert two. The whole thing is like, oh, and, like, you know, we, we go, we rob the middle of the field with the middle of the field safety, and that takes away those routes and allows us to play too high while still being plus one in the box. Well, if your safeties can't tackle, then it's pointless. Go back to cover three. Go back to cover one. You know, uh, I like, I mean, not even that. Just go to regular cover two and be minus one in the box or be neutral zero in the box. Yeah. Because if your safeties aren't going to be able to step into the hole and make the tackle in the A-gap, then it doesn't matter if you're plus one. The player you're putting in there is ineffective. Um, but yeah, so, you know, invert two, blue again, multiple times is what it does. Uh, and we have to live with that as our reality until we get new new cornerbacks. Ben. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Skip Bayless's take on the whole situation. Why? <laughs> he chimes in. Got the, I mean, he's got a point. At least we're nearing the end of the Jason Garrett era. Do you think he's fired after this game? Or do you think they wait a week to see if their fortunes are reversed? I think Jason Garrett is currently sitting on a Philadelphia tarmac <laughs> with a, a, a sad boy bag from D'Alessandro's and no job. I think he literally was just fired. Yeah. I would likely. not bring him into week 17. Yeah. I and agree. like, I obviously have no love lost for Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett are boys and Jason Garrett's, you know, been very supportive of Jerry Jones. That's important to Jerry Jones. But to me, bringing him into week 17, like, yeah, you're still playoff potential. Obviously the Eagles lose to the Giants. You beat the Redskins, you're in, but you've lost four of your last five games. You lost the game that would have. <laughs> Made you the playoffs. Now you need help to get in. You want to bring another eight and eight team out of Jason Garrett into the playoffs, and then have to have a whole conversation after you lose to Seattle thirteen to six. Another disgusting, awful football game. Oh, you know you lose at home, and that's what you want to fire Garrett. Then sure, I would get started. Fire him. Put Marinelli as the interim. You know they whole like oh they can't fire Jason Garrett. Who they can put the interim? It does not matter. It's an interim. Put Marinelli. Marinelli. Put Richard. 
do something yeah. and start calling every offensive coordinator that you know because you've got talent at every position and you have not been able to put together a consistent offense, and that's stupid. All right, Ben, let's go to three words from the gentle listeners. Vincent Panetta had to point this out, and remember, every week after the game, we ask you for three words that we'll read out, read out the best responses here on the Kiss and Solak re- uh, recap show. Vincent Panetta, longtime listener at Panetta Math, says, butts for predictions, Ben. That we've already done it once this show, but we've got to own up to picking the Cowboys in this yeah. game. We did have the the caveat that, that if Dak was 100% healthy, we don't think he was. I think it's very obvious that he wasn't, but at the same time, right. we were wrong. We apologize, gentle listeners. You want to talk about predictions. John mm. Stolnes and I were tied in the BGN picks, <laughs> and yeah. we differed on three games, and John beat swept. me on all three games. So you got swept. Wow. Big sad. Um, Are you clutch? I don't think so. Also, as I said on the podcast, when the line opened Dallas two and a half, I took it. Eagles win. Happy mm. as a clam. But it's been a weird day for me in the world of picks. That's why Alex Urizzo at Jay Urizzo says apologies needed Solak. And then his second tweet is Carson didn't press. And he didn't. And he didn't. Like we said, right. it, it, it lined up for him fantastic. Listen, You'd... it's a lot easier not to press when you are up 10 to nothing with eight right. minutes left in the first. Yep. Boy like makes about. life easy. You got room yeah. to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, you know, the, you get to the end of the game, it's an eight point game and whatever. But no, Carson by, made no critical errors. That's a big deal. Yeah. Because sometimes he does. Mitchell Smet at Smet 15, longtime listener, says rent is due. Of course, this is referencing yes. the blogging the boys rent free nonsense that they were peddling during the week that got Jimmy Kemsky so upset that I'm, I was glad I was paying attention during the edit of BGN Radio. Because uh, he got a little hot, dropped some F-bombs, but I- I'm, on, I'm on his side. Rent-free is such a stupid phrase. I think it cost the Cowboys the game in this one. So good job blo- blogging the boys with your rent-free nonsense. Our rent is paid over here at BGN. Uh, Squirrel King Dethroned from Kyle Schneiderlochner. Squirrel? Ben, they're really Wait, coming what? after you. Squirrel with the squirrel emoji. Squirrel King Dethroned. Is this all just about me? You might be talking about Stoneless whipping you up a little bit in this one. Yeah. Also, I'm getting a lot of flack on, on Jake Elliott, and I have exactly one thing to say on that, all right? That you had Jake, nothing to say? <laughs> Jake Elliott has read the tweets. Jake Elliott signed his contract, and when he signed his contract, he committed himself to the team, and he has read the tweets, and he understands that there is criticism over Carson Wentz's record in one-score games. You know what Jake Elliott said? Jake Elliott said, Carson, I will ensure that this remains a one-score game such that you... He's a team player. I heard him say this on the sideline. Mm. Such that you will be victorious in this one-score game. And all the naysayers who think you aren't clutch will begin to continually lose more and more fodder in their cannons for their heresy. So Mm. I commend Jake Elliott for his sacrifice. Now that he's paid, he can stop inflating his gaudy, excellent field goal percentage numbers. And start making better team plays. This is like in a contract year, you you go fishing for stats. Now you're part of the team. You got to make sacrifices. I appreciate what Jake Elliott did as a team player. At Eagles, our champs says respect Jim Schwartz. A little change up from the normal weekly fire right. Jim Schwartz that we typically get. And then a, an important one here at ALG one thirty six says balanced offense slash defense. Been a while since the Eagles have gotten pretty good complimentary play throughout a game where the defense was able to stand pat. Remember, uh, they did get 
lucky in some spots and whatnot. And where the Eagles were, you know, the offense was actually clicking somewhat for different, you know, portions of the game. However, still, all three phases did not click because this should not have been this close of a game. They should not have gotten my heart rate that high, True. thanks to Jake Elliott. So there's yeah. that. Ben, any three words stand out to you? Yes. Uh, again, Mark Holowaka, uh Nate Gary fullback with a ton of exclamation points. When Joe Buck accidentally misidentified Nate Gary as a fullback, my heart leapt for joy. I was gladdened like you would not believe. I actually initially was like, he's a linebacker. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is hilarious. Nate Gary mm. is basically a fullback playing linebacker. Well done, Joe. I get the joke. Um, <laughs> Max Toto Schumann. Garrett will be fired, question mark. Cindy Jones is my hero. Please beat the Giants. Hashtag three words haiku. Hashtag 575 is the new three. I mean, I don't even need to tell you what's wrong with that. It's so bad that there's no chance I will read it on this show because that's not allowed. There was, okay, okay. So I have like a Miles MF Sanders. I have like a booby freaking Miles. A lot of Sanders uh, love. Sanders, right. Let me, let's, here, let's, we can, let's do this conversation. Mm. Miles Sanders for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, it's getting that way, right? You, you were saying he needed one really big yeah. game with Josh. And I, I had a miscalculation in, in my tweet when I said it, and I, I accidentally counted his last run twice. Mm. But um, if you look right now, because Josh Jacobs has missed a couple of games mm-hmm. and Sanders has had such a good past couple of games and is much, 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 much more active in the receiving game and, 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 and had the returns that yeah. he that, that, that Jacobs didn't have. Sanders is looking at, at a season of all-purpose production that's like really, really high ranking for, for non-first-round rookies. Right, and so what he's done in all three phases is a big deal, and he's become so much more part of the offense after the Jordan Howard injury and the Alshon Jeffrey injury and the Deshaun Jackson injury and the Nelson Aguilar injury and the the Zacharis injury. Did I miss any? The Matt Collins cut, the Jordan Matthews cut, all of those things conspiring to the point where he needs to be a feature part of the offense. I mean, no skill position player touches the ball more than Sanders does, given that he's truly dual threat. Now, you and I both continue to have our concerns about Sanders' consistency as a runner between the tackles. And I right. believe that those are founded. But they've become so much better at getting him the ball in space. And he's become so much better at not making critical errors. I agree. And so even when he does stuff that I don't like, it's bouncing it outside for a two-yard gain instead of a four-yard gain instead of losing three instead of picking up ten. So like while we still got mistakes that are of less consequence, and then the good plays that he's making are typically of more consequence. And so... We're at a spot right now where I think you're looking at at Josh Jacobs still in a leading position for rookie of the year. He missed, I believe, two games with a shoulder injury. He's now put together uh, 1,150 yards as a rusher, which is tied for sixth in the league. I mean, that's objectively great. Uh, this most recent game you know, against the Jaguars, he had 89 yards rushing. He had 104 against Kansas City. He's got five 100-yard games. I believe Sanders has one. So he's, you know, in that regard, I mean, he's he's been a better runner, period. But Miles Sanders now, following the, the results of this Cowboys game, only 700 rushing yards, but he has 400-plus receiving yards, and he has 300-plus return yards. He's looking down 1,500 all-purpose yards. And there's a good chance that he's part of the offensive resurgence that gets the Eagles into the playoffs. He's going to have a case. And again, like if we, if we said he was going to have a case for offensive rookie of the year in week five, I mean, like, I don't think anybody would have 
expect it or believe this either way right yeah and you know me i'm not a i'm not a big awards person i really don't care about that but i do think it is a testament to what he's been able to do in an expanded role as he gains experience and has really helped this offense and been explosive for this offense it's been a huge contribution getting these young guys like greg ward and you know even jay joss had some play over the place over the last few weeks that have been big for the eagles and you know you got guys like boston scott looking better than any running back they tried to put out there last year. It's better than Josh Adams, better than Wendell Smallwood. We can have a conversation of why wasn't Boston Scott out there more often, but it's really been big for this team to get those contributions from these young guys. And big for this team as well is the fact that you have a fan base that is so supportive of this team that they even want to be in on the press conferences. Ben, I just sent you the the, yeah, the tweet from the video of the press conference where the, the drunk fan is sitting in on the press conference that Doug Peterson, I want to squash the rumors right now. That was not me. I'm in Chicago with my family. You got some drunk guy. He was sitting there. He was chilling the whole time. The whole time. They didn't even notice. You're watching the video. You see it. How do you not notice that guy doesn't belong there? You see these guys every single day. I respect it. I respect the heck out of it. Absolutely. I'm going to be honest with you. I, If I were not able to be credentialed for games, I would probably try that at some point. <laughs> I mean, I'm not finding different context in which to do it. Yeah, Ben. Okay, so Eagles win 17 to nine over the hated Dallas Cowboys. They have one more game, one more game to go. Remember on Friday when I was super confident, I was like, if they beat the Cowboys, there's no way they lose to the Giants. I didn't think they were going to beat the Cowboys, (laughs) (laughs) so I didn't think you got to stick to your guns. I didn't think I was going to have to cash that check, and now I'm going to cash that check. I mean, I. Firmly believe that after what they did against the, the 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 Giants Monday Night Football in the second half, the Giants had a good a, a good offensive showing against the Washington Redskins, better than the mm. Eagles had. The Giants are by no means a pushover, but I do not think after getting this far, the Eagles will disappoint. This is not uh, the context in which they'll they'll do so. Now, with that said, the, I think the luck, magic, foolishness, like the offense continuing to keep their head afloat despite all these injuries eventually yeah. that's going to expire the giants don't have the sort of defense that would force it so it would have to be unforced errors i don't think this eagles team is going to be making unforced errors in week 17 i think they get to the playoffs no. if they do i mean three years of the playoffs and four years for doug peterson this is tremendous coaching yeah it's tremendous. and you st- and you still can't take any of that for granted this is the nfl and weird things happen like you right. said luck things can get weird this Eagles defense can collapse at any moment. That's what really concerns me. But Ben put it out there a thousand times out of a thousand or whatever it was that he said. So now he's got to put his money where his mouth is. I need the receipt of that bet, Ben, because I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on this one. Anyway, brother, I mean, huge, huge week for the Eagles coming up against the Giants. Make sure you're here with BGN. We're going to be tracking it all the way. Of course, the shows are going to be a little bit different this week. I'm out of town. Ben's out of town. There's there's Christmas and there's all this other stuff going on. So we're going to get the shows out to you as we can, but keep it locked here. We'll get you all nice and prepped up for the Giants game. It's going to be super important. I mean, it would just be fitting for the NFC East this year if the Eagles went and lost to the Giants and then the Dallas Cowboys gave it right back by losing to Washington. And don't put it past Dallas because they have beaten Pretty much nobody this year. They have the one win over right. the Eagles. That's the, it. Right. The worst thing about the Eagles potentially making the playoffs is it means the Cowboys will actually have a win this season against a team with a winning record and against right. a team that made the playoffs. Right. The Cowboys exactly. will have played six teams in the regular season who made the playoffs, and they'll be one and six against them because they have the yeah. win against the Eagles and they played them twice. So that stinks because otherwise we could laugh about that. But 
What's better, what's still worth the price, is the Eagles uh, gaining control over their destiny, get, uh, resting control over the NFC East, and potentially making the playoffs for, yes, a third year in a row. This was the Eagles recap over the Dallas Cowboys win 17-9 to in the link. Week 17, Eagles, Giants, for a playoff berth. It doesn't get more exciting than this. It, like, it's, like, it's the same thing with the Carson Wentz games that define his career. In that he won one that defined his career, he's got another one that defined his career, and that we just had an exciting one that mattered so much, we now have an exciting one that matters so much. We will have you prepped for that show, even over our holiday break. The reason? We love you, and we appreciate that you listen, and we, we have so much fun doing this. Of course, as you very well know, uh, your love is best expressed through reviews, through ratings, and through subscriptions. We are hunting the Eagles receivers, who once again had a pretty quiet week in terms of receiving yards, some explosive plays, but not an overwhelming week by any margin. 136, I believe, was the most recent count of how far behind we are, the Eagles receivers, in our reviews versus their receiving yards in the year 2019. So if you haven't yet reviewed, please review. If you have a friend who does whatever you say, review. If you want to make a second account for your dog and then leave another review, go ahead and do so. Nugget would greatly appreciate it. He's been Benjamin Solak on Twitter. I'm Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. I've been Michael Kist on Twitter. I'm Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. All 22 review show coming later this week. Giants Eagles preview coming later this week. We will do everything we can around our holiday schedules to get as many good podcasts out to you as we can. Stay subscribed. Stay tuned. We will get you good shows. We all we got. Merry Christmas. We all we need. Fly Eagles fly. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.